0: I want to ask that you would turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. It's good to start at the beginning. Now, I want you to think about Mary's story for just a minute, okay? Now, think about the cover of the Christmas card, right? You have Mary with the little halo, and she's holding the little baby. Now, I feel like we have tamed down the Mary story over time. We have made it a cute Christmas story, a nativity scene out on the lawn, When I think it's much more a story of faith and courage and just crazy reckless abandon to say yes to God. So crazy reckless abandon is a little different than cute Christmas card to me. Now as we read this story and as we get into the story of Mary a little bit, pretend that you've never heard it. Pretend that this is brand new and and you're in the first century, you're living back in Palestine somewhere and somebody just says like, you got to hear this story about this lady. Check this out. And you won't believe the the rest of the story about her son. Okay? Now, the angel Gabriel visits her and calls her highly favored. But think about her life. Yes, she was highly favored, otherwise otherwise he wouldn't have said that. But how many times in her life did she doubt that and say like, what? Look at my life. How in the world is this highly favored? How in the world is this God's will for me? Think about her at the foot of the cross saying like, this is very different than what, what I expected. And so today we're going to get into this story. And I, and I know that many of you here are in a place in your life where you're saying like, really, Lord? Like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, are you serious right now? What is happening? Okay? Um, Let's read in, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We'll get some perspective. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. The angel went to a girl named Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And again in verse 30, he says, don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Literally, it says rejoice, favored woman, or rejoice, graced woman. How many of you grew up Catholic? This is where we get Hail Mary full of grace. This is the Hail Mary right here that that Catholics use to say, now, you know, they will venerate Mary and raise her up and up and up and up, right? And Protestants will kind of say like, well, in response to that, we're just going to not talk about it at all. And I feel like the Lord is saying, wait a minute. This is a very important example of faith. This is, you know, one of the two most important women in the Bible, right? Eve and Mary. Now, men throughout history have said, well, look, look what Eve did, right? She made the guy eat the apple, right? Eve messed it all up for the rest of us. But isn't it interesting how God even redeemed that story? And he brings the Savior through Mary, who's this willing servant who says, yeah, let's go. And so we can't bag on Eve. We can honor women. And I want to say to you women who are here, whether you're a mom or not, happy Mother's Day. The Lord celebrates you in your woman-ness. And so I hope that today you feel encouraged and blessed and you can learn from Mary's example and that you'll allow us guys to tag along. Is that okay? Just for a little while. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, good. Now, let's read on in Luke 1:31. It says, "You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High." The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Whew. Now just picture yourself, you're 13, 14 years old, an angel shows up, this, just a little historical background, this is during the, this is the end of the silent period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There haven't been prophets, there haven't been angels, there's been no voice of the Lord for 400 years. Okay? A lot of the nation of Israel has just given up. Like, they do their religious thing, but they're like, God's not with us anymore. This is like, this stinks. He's not around. And yet, Mary was still listening and still waiting and still believing. And then the angel shows up and says, look, you're going to be part of the Savior coming. Wow. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Now, she wasn't doubting. She wasn't saying like, this is impossible. She was saying... Can I, you know, how's this going to work out, right? She's a smart, sharp, sharp girl. Now the angel explains God's plan, how the Holy Spirit is involved and what's going to happen next. And then notice in verse 38, her answer that we need to, if you get nothing else out of today, listen to this answer. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, yes. What Mary was saying was, okay, give birth to the Son of God. That sounds like a really big deal. Let's do it. I'm in. Now, if God presented something like this to me that was just like never been done before in history, like a whole brand new idea, like change the history of the universe, I think I would have more questions. I'd be like, are you sure? I mean, show me your angel card. Like, this can't be really happening. But Mary just jumped right in and said, may this happen as you've said. Wow. Okay, Mary was engaged, literally betrothed. And 2,000 years ago in Palestine, that was different than being engaged. She was engaged but not married yet. They would get betrothed, and so they were called married, but they could not have sexual relations yet. The public ceremony happened 12 or 18 months later. So there was this period of waiting. If one of them died, the other was a widow or widower during that period. So they're, they're literally married but separate. Kind of like us with Jesus. We are married to the Lord. We're his bride. But we're separate for a time. And then the book of Revelation says that we're going to be together and there's going to be this huge wedding supper of the Lamb, this huge party at the end of time. So similar to that, what's happening here? Now, notice what the angel said. The angel said, I want you to become pregnant, right? Even though you're not married yet. And um, this means, basically, you're going to be publicly humiliated, right? So I read between the lines. He's, he's asking her to do a lot. He was asking her to give up her plans of a nice wedding. I went to Mark Gozer's wedding last night. Mark and Deborah got married. Wow, what a party. It was a blast. So much fun. Now, and incidentally, Mark wanted to invite all of you, but there was a little budget restriction. So he passes on his blessing. But, but notice, she was giving up this public wedding ceremony because in Palestine, you don't want to be showing on your wedding day because they're going to kill you, right? Because for adultery, the penalty is death. And so this is pretty serious, what, she, what he's asking her to do. Now, she was giving up normal life. She was giving up the public wedding. She was taking on something much greater, Her yes was way beyond normal life. God was asking her to do something very difficult, very challenging, but also would change the history of the world. A terrifying thing. And her life would never be the same. Now think about parents. How many of you are parents Uh, of teenagers? Anybody? Now think about Mary being in our youth group. Okay? She just went over to Target you know, she's hanging out at Starbucks. And then let's say that she comes back and you're in the car this afternoon on Mother's Day. And she says, you know, while I was at Target, I saw this angel. And the angel told me the stuff that's going to happen in my life. And um, I just wanted to let you know. So I'm going to be giving birth to the Savior of the world. Now, I would freak out, right? I would, I would do drug testing. I would literally be like, something's wrong, right? Now, Mary just went right through that with her courageous spirit and said, I'm going to work this out. The Lord must have a plan. I say yes in advance to that plan. Mary was highly favored by God because he chose her and he entrusted her with the most important job a woman has ever had in the world. We can look back now. We see it clearly, right? It all worked out. She was favored. But in the middle... Do you think it felt like that at times or or was she just, I bet at times she doubted what the angel said. We don't know that in scripture, but I would, you would, the stuff that she faced must have made her say like, but wait, God, you said this, why is this happening? But you promised this and it's supposed to look like this in my mind and then it doesn't look anything like that. Now think about this. Mary had to ride a donkey for four days from Nazareth to Bethlehem, pregnant, nine months. Not fun, right? Now, I'm a man, and I know that would not be fun. Is she thinking, boy, I'm really highly favored when she has to give birth in a stable? What is going on? When she has to flee for her life to Egypt to live as fugitives because Herod is killing all the babies, how favored is she feeling now? Life is kind of falling apart. Life is looking terrible. Now think about this one. If you're still in your Bible, turn to Luke 2. When baby Jesus was presented at the, table, at the temple, Simeon blessed them, it says in verse 34. And he said to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Okay, just, just in a few short months, right? Just over nine months, we hear you are highly favored. Look at all this beautiful stuff the Lord's going to do in your life. And then the next chapter, a sword is going to pierce your soul. Wow. Basically, Mary saying yes was, it was welcoming in the pain and the suffering that not only Jesus would suffer, but she would suffer as well. By saying yes to God's plan, she was saying yes to not just the joy and the glory, but the suffering and the pain. Wow. Later on, think about Jesus growing up in Nazareth, and he goes public in his, in his ministry. He speaks in the synagogue at Nazareth, and then he calls the people out and says, you don't really believe in what I'm saying. They try to push him off a cliff and kill him in his hometown, where Mary lived for the next couple of years, probably. Probably. So think about, the whole town wants to kill your son. He's traveling around and he's collecting enemies by the day. Everyone wants him dead. The religious leaders in Jerusalem want him dead. Your hometown leaders want him dead. How do you feel as a mom? Probably not too favored right now. Now look at the very end of Jesus' ministry on earth. He was arrested. He was flogged. He was given a cross to carry to drag through town while Mary watched. And I bet she was thinking in her mind of that time when Gabriel stood there when she was 14, approximately. And she probably was reminding God of his promise and saying, wait, you told me this. Now I'm seeing that. You told me I was going to be highly favored and how does this fit with this scene? Let's, let's watch this video for a minute. that scene just makes me want to cry and and keep crying put yourself in Mary's shoes your son the son of the living God the guy that you picked up when he fell that you bandaged his wounds he's dying that does not fit with the plan so I bet something like that happened where she saw him on the street and knew what was coming next, the cross. And I will bet that she got on her knees and on her face and just said, God, where are you? You're obviously not here. Where in? what's going on? This is not what I signed up for. This is not how your work, this is not how your will plays out. Either I was wrong or you were wrong. Either I am messed up or God is messed up. Now, some of you may be in a spot like that right now, and you're feeling like this is not what I signed up for. Um, I spoke last week with a with a, a friend who's going through a really difficult time in her marriage and in her family. A year ago, sitting right here, she gave her life to Jesus along with her daughter. A couple weeks later, things just went crazy. Her family's turned against her. She feels like she's alone. She didn't get a happy Mother's Day today, got an email. It's a struggle every minute to say, God, what are you doing? And she's still finding hope and faith and trusting him and saying, I know that in the end this will make sense, but right now it does not. I have another friend who has been working hard to follow the Lord and her daughter was taken away from her and she lost somebody very close to her to suicide and has been saying like, really God, is this, this how it's supposed to work? There are two people sitting in this room right now who are saying, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. Um, the job is not coming. I'm trying to find the job. I'm praying about finding the job. I'm working as hard as I can. I'm praying as hard as I can. I'm trusting the Lord as hard as I can. I want want to do this right, and the job's not coming. God, what are you doing? Where are you in this? Uh, Before we move on, I think we should just, let's get some of that right. Let's just pray I want to pray a a prayer of encouragement, and notice what's in the word encouragement, courage, for each of you that are going through that right now, okay? Let's move on. And um, the rest of us, don't just sit there. If you're going through this, just accept it from the Lord, and if you're not going through this, just pray along with me that the Holy Spirit will use in his power, his word, his presence, his courage will come into lives right now, okay? Lord Jesus, I lift up, we lift up members of our body, members of our community that are suffering, that are stuck in the middle, that have been promised something by you, that are are following you, and yet, Lord, it looks ugly. Everything has hit the fan. Give them peace, first of all. Prince of peace, bring peace. Holy Spirit, bring courage. Would you bring the strength, the bravery that they need right now? Lord, would you through your spirit help them to know how to pray? Your word says that you will help us pray when we don't even know how to pray. Give them prayers and communication with you that will surprise them. And Lord, we also ask that you would change these circumstances for your glory in your time and that you would give them patience whether that's 30 minutes or 30 hours or 30 years. Would you give them the grace? Would you carry them through? Would you help them to see pictures of your plan and keep the dreams and the hope alive? In Jesus' name, amen. I think about Mary at the foot of the cross and I think about her just wanting to give up. But then the whole story changed, right? The day that Satan won, that he thought was the greatest victory ever, Turned out to be his ultimate defeat. And Mary was part of that. She was crushed. She was worked. It was over. And then look what God does. Right in the middle of this thing, Jesus rises on Easter 2,000 years ago and changes all the rules, rises from the dead and appears to all these different people, including his mom. Suddenly, his mom and his brothers believe, and it's a game changer. It's a world changer. Turn to Acts chapter 1. This gets really fun now. Are you ready for it to get fun? Some of you in your life, you're like, man, I need that fun. So let's read about the fun in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And if we keep reading Acts 2, verse 3 and 4, check out what happens. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, including his mom, Mary. She was there at the moment when the Holy Spirit poured out, when the church was born, when the kingdom was established, when all this stuff the angels said finally made sense. This kingdom will never end. She saw him die, and then she sees him walk alive with a new body. And... And the Holy Spirit comes and and gives everybody this insight into what he's going to do next as the kingdom moves forward. And the church stays strong and continues to this day by the power of the Holy Spirit in you, in you and in me. Can I get an amen to that? Finally, it all made sense. Now, we're going to go on with this and finish it in a minute. But first, I want to invite Audrey up. And she's going to be Mary for us for just a minute. And she's going to read something that Mary wrote, uh, that Mary sang. And this is called Mary's song, The Magnificat, from the book of Luke. Go for it. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Right on. Thank you, Audrey. Now just picture Mary at about that age. And this is right after she gets the news from the angel that your whole life's gonna change. And rather than fussing and stewing and worrying like most of us would do, she does this beautiful song before the Lord and just says, God, you're to be praised. We need to have that perspective, everybody. Now look at God's amazing plan for Mary. Now that we've looked at her life and some snapshots and I wanna encourage everybody, if this kinda caught you a little bit, Spend some more time on it. Spend some more time studying Mary. There are a couple of other snapshots I didn't share with you, but there's a little more in the scripture about her. She was there for the birth of the Savior. Notice something else. She was there for the birth of the church. She was there for the birth of his bride, us. She is truly highly favored. She got to be there For what God did, these brand new things that had never been seen on planet earth. The coming of the Savior from heaven to earth in humility and in simplicity. And then the coming of the Holy Spirit in power, in fire, and with wind. Hello, Mary. You are highly favored. After 30 years, it finally made sense. Would she have said it was worth it all? What do you think? I think when she was in the upper room, seeing the tongues of fire in everybody's head, seeing the Holy Spirit pour out, she would have been, yeah, that was worth it. Right? Big smile on her face. What about 50 days earlier? What about 40 days earlier? Not so much. She did not see the whole picture. This is what some of you need to hear right now. This will make sense in the end. You will look back on all the stuff that's going on in your life, the things that have fallen apart, the things that have broken, the things that have not worked, the things that were not consistent with his plan as your understanding of it was, and you will look back on it in 30 minutes, in 30 days, or in 30 years, and you will say, oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Now, in the middle, pray for his perspective Pray that God will give you the courage that you need to get through. And trust that He loves you so much that He would not crush you without reason. He would not allow pain without reason. The stuff that Mary went through was not without purpose, it was full of His purpose. Sometimes when we are in the center of God's will, it feels like everything is falling apart. Other times when we're in the center of His will, it feels like everything is coming together. And most of us have seasons where it's one or the other and we keep moving back and forth between, well, that was easier than I thought. Boy, that was much harder than I thought. That does not mean that you're outside of the will of God. We need to be trusting our Lord that he will lead us through those times, whether they're easy or whether they're difficult. Amen? Amen. Right on. Now, we are going to do something fun right now. We're going to bless every woman in the joint. Okay, I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to ask if you're a mother or not. But what I do want to have is every lady in the place. Would you please just hold out your hands like this in front of you? Guys, if you're doing this, you're not paying attention, okay? This is for the ladies. <laughs> hold out your hands. And this is, this is a symbol, a picture of I want to receive something from the Lord. I'm open. Please, Lord, speak to me. Please, Lord, give to me. I'm ready. Okay, that's all that means. And I want to pray a blessing over you, and I want to ask you guys that are in the room, if you want to just put a hand on a lady, just, you know, put a hand on her shoulder, whatever you want to do, if there's somebody near you, and and join me in this prayer of blessing. Father God, you are good. You are loving. Your purposes endure forever. God, I ask that you would bless these ladies that bless us. That bless you. I ask that you would give them courage and strength for the coming days. Thank you for their faithfulness to you and that they listen to you much better than most of us guys do. Thank you for the ability that a lot of these women have to be contortionists in our culture, to get so many different things done, to please everybody, to keep the schedule balanced, and to take care of the the kids or the family or the work responsibilities or all these different things. Lord, I ask that you would give them strength and encouragement this day. I ask, Lord, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, with your power, with your grace. May they feel a great sense of love. May they feel appreciated by us. Much more importantly, Lord, would they feel appreciated by you. Thank you, Lord, so much because you are good. And your love endures forever. Amen.